Hi, I'm Daniel Legit. And I'm Chris Tetroplay, and you're listening to Book 101 Review. Yes, and Book 101 Review is created and power writers all over the world, like Mr. Chris Tetroplay, my <laughs> co host. <laughs> Back at long last. Sorry it's taken me so long, but it's a, it's great to be back here again. Hope you're well, mate. Yes, uh, Mr. Chris, and thank you for your time. Yes, another month, another author to talk about. Go ahead. So, we're going we're to switch it up a little bit here, because I thought, I was kind of thinking, it's, it's great to talk about authors and particular books and things like that. Um, but as a, as a writer, especially thinking back to my early days, it was really the community of writers that was just as important if not more important to me in terms of you know actually feeling a part of something and, and inspiring me to write more so I'm going to talk about three guys in particular who I even though I've not met them physically they were there for me I, I conversed with them regularly they became my kind of nucleus of, of authors that I um, that I really kind of came to depend upon for either support or inspiration and that it's, it's three guys who really played a big part in those early days for me as I was sort of starting out oh so I would say in no particular order really I don't want to single any of them out but this guy I will talk about first he is um he is a guy I still talk about today I, I still talk to you know here and there and you you know you listeners of book 101 will know him as well so I think it's only natural to to start really by paying tribute to the great Richard Eyre um you know, you've spoken to him many times yes. about all of his books, and, and and you know you can testify what a what a, what a fantastic guy he is. And he was the, the reason I'm putting him first to talk about is really he was the first one um, when I had something that I thought you know when I had a kernel of an idea that I, I may have a book that was that could do something. It was when I first got my publishing deal for Acolyte. Um, Richard was the first author I really sort of came into contact with um, because he and I shared the same publisher for our debut novels. And I think the thing I look back on now with it is we were, because of where we can see that that particular publisher has gone, the genre, the direction they've gone, we didn't really fit. Um, you know, we, we shared in writing horror fiction. We had the same kind of warped ideas and great ideas for books and stuff and I think we we both felt the same way to, at, at a certain point that our stuff didn't really belong there so we kind of we went along and we've always supported each other and each other's work and he was he was one of the first people I think to really you know read and give me feedback on Acolyte once it was out um, and he was one of those that I went back to each time that I had some that, that I was writing, that I was releasing, his his opinion would really be valuable to me, even to this day. You know, I think some of the things he said about my work that he's read that, you know, hasn't been released yet still gives me the inspiration to carry on. If I kind of feel like I'm losing the passion a little bit, I do kind of just go back to conversations I've had with him over the years. So, uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I probably don't need to go into much detail about his books. Again, the readers, they can... It's, it's, it's really... It's really great if you haven't heard him already to go back and listen to the episodes of Richard talking about his own work because it's fascinating where he gets his ideas from. Um, but Minstrel's Bargain, in particular, when I first read that, um, it blew me away. You know, it really put me. It combined two things that I was quite passionate about. You know, with horror and 
you know, heavy metal rock music. And, and I think finding someone who was writing the same, you know, almost writing from my soul, as it were, um, really made me connect with him. And everything he's done since is is, is just fantastic. I mean, you come up to um, uh, Life Eternal is probably one of my favourite books ever that I've read. Um, and I'm not just saying that to big him up even more. That is that is truly a, a stunning piece of work, that one. But yeah, you know, I mean, your your thoughts, I suppose, Dan, from what you from what you've from, yes. from when you when you when you've chatted to him, you know, you, yes, you, you would know. And thank you for Mr. Richard Air because without him, we are we are not connected right now. <laughs> exactly. Well, there is that. Yeah, absolutely. He was he was the he was the conduit between yourself and, and myself, and, and sort of brought me to where to where I am today with you. So I mean, yeah, I can't thank him enough for that. Either, yes. but yeah, he's just always been. He's he's his his writing is fantastic, and I think as you'll you'll come to see when I talk about sort of all three guys I'm going to talk about today, it goes beyond the writing for me. You know, when you're a writer, you 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 probably don't find as much time to read when you're writing yourself, um, so you may not get to read their work as as much as you would like to or as soon as you'd like to. So being drawn to a writer just through the kind of person they are is something else really i think it 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 really gives you a whole new collection with the writing community when you when you are able to um to converse with fellow writers and bounce ideas off of each other and uh, uh, richard and i even discussed and this is probably something we'll hopefully go back to one day but you know it all depends on both of us having enough time to do it. But we were even going down the route of planning a, a crossover novel, you know, a collaboration uh, where I bring my character, the Tricker Jack, from A Necessary End and uh, and the third Voldemort book, and he was bringing Minstrel into it. And we were going to have the two of them meet and sort of see what dastardly deeds that they would, uh, they would come up with. So that just shows that level of connection I had with him and how much I, I really, really value his his friendship and support is that I, I really wanted to work with him and still hope to one day if we can. Yes, definitely. I see the connection. <laughs> yeah. okay. He really referred to you uh, as a guest also on my book 101. And okay, he's, too, he's too modest, that man. He really he is. is. <laughs> he is. And one of his favorite uh, uh, novel is A Life Eternal. So please, people, if you want to listen uh, my episode, all my episodes, please do listen because they are phenomenal. Uh, Mr. Richard Ed discussed how he crafted all the books, what is the struggles, and what are the points when he's doing all the novels. Mm. It, it is fantastic. It's, it's fascinating to hear him talk about, um, as it is when I talk to any writers, really, seeing where some of these ideas come from and the slightest little you know, it could be the smallest detail or something that's happened to them. And I think hearing him describe where some of these ideas have come from is, is great. And it just, there's inspiration in there of its own, I think. Yes. I'm so glad, uh, Mr. Chris, because I created this podcast because this is uh, the podcast where you can relate to the authors. How did they come up with their novels? How what are their struggles? How they come up with something that unique and people want to read? Mm, absolutely, and I think that's just as fascinating as reading the book. I think I really do. 
Yes, and thank you for being my co-host. Ah. Oh, anytime, anytime, sir. It's a pleasure. It's a blessing indeed. <laughs> so, after Mr. Richard Air, let's talk about your second author. Yeah. So, so the next one who who been part of my journey in sort of more ways than one really is um, a gentleman by the name of David McCaffrey. Um. Some of you out there may or may not be familiar with him. He is first and foremost, he is a he's a fantastic writer. He 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 kind of writes a little bit of horror in his books, but the kind of horror thriller, bit of sci-fi. It's it's a fantastic mishmash of um, of all those genres. But if I go back right to the beginning, so my my first sort of meeting, I suppose, with with Dave McCaffrey <clears throat> was before I had. Um, before I'd got Acolyte published, or you know, due to be published by Bloodhound Books, I was I went down the route of um, sort of crowdfunding to try and get it published. And there was a um, a particular publisher called Britain's Next Bestseller, who at the time they were offering um, indie authors like myself the opportunity to have their books published, or, or using almost like using their website their website as a platform. You could advertise your book. Uh, you promote it, you tell people about it. People could go on there and um, pre-order. Yeah. And if you got to a certain number of pre-orders, they would publish it. They would give you a, a publishing um, contract for that book and they would they would go through and they would make sure it got out there. So I was trying to do that. And I, I kind of, it was during the time it was listed with Britain's Next Bestseller and it wasn't, it wasn't really, I knew I wasn't going to, um, reach the target I needed to get the publishing deal with them. But by that point, Bloodhound Books had already come to me and, and offered me a deal with them. So I, I kind of knew I had that in the offing. But I I already knew of Dave McCaffrey because he, I think, correct, I, I, I may be wrong in saying this, but he was, I think, one of, if not the first person who achieved that goal with Britain's Next Bestseller. His, um, his date, Hellbound, published through them <clears throat> so he was he was like almost like the figurehead of britain's next bestseller for me back then he was someone i really did aspire to straight away because he had reached that goal that i was so desperately searching for and yet again he is such talk to him he's so down to earth and he does downplay his own talents a lot of the time um i read his book hellbound and it's it's a just in a nutshell i'm truly rubbish at summing other people's books up i do apologize but um his his is sort of like a, a thriller crime thriller which is is centered around a serial killer called Obadi obadiah stark and there's the main character who is wanting basically to write obadiah stark's story through his final days up to his execution as he's doing that he starts to realize that there may be more to Stark's execution than meets the eye. While this is going on, you get a glimpse into Obadiah Stark's afterlife because you, you see what he's going through in the afterlife. And as you go through, you realise, actually, like I say, his execution wasn't all that it seemed. You know, there is, um, there is a lot more to the story, so to speak. Again, I don't want to spoil anything. I think people need to go out and, and read it. You can still get it. He's actually expanded it, I think, into a trilogy. I'm pretty sure he yeah. had three books of it, um, the Hellbound trilogy. Um, and they're all, they're all fantastic. What he's able to do 
with that idea and it's the idea that that there is almost you know the, the afterlife exists but there may be more to it than we all think and it's really really mind-bending stuff and a few episodes ago when i was on i was talking about a, a writer called steve alton who is the the author of the meg series and the mayan prophecy series during that episode i think i did mention that dave mccaffrey was mentored by steve alton as well because Steve Alton was one of my favorite authors and David's first book came his mentorship that he received from Steve Alton so knowing it had been shaped and endorsed even by some of Steve Alton just made it even more impressive so David was always there I, I, I kept in touch with him while I was trying to sort of carve my way through you know they, those initial months the first year or so of, of being published not really knowing what I was going to the next book, but it was all a little bit kind of, I didn't really know what direction I was going in with my books. Um, I wasn't really going anywhere with the publisher I started out with. Um, so I got to know him. I, I picked him as my, I put together a blog tour of my own when I was releasing the sewing season the first time around. And he, his opinion, his, his, his support meant so much to me that I, I made. I, I asked him if if he would host me on my my blog tour. I arranged with him that I would appear on his blog. And back back in those days, before podcasts exploded, you did author interviews were done in print. They were put on blogs, and it was a uh, you know you you read the interview. It was all in writing. It was one of those sort of things. He hosted me, and I I wanted him to be the like the main event, the last stop of my blog tour because I thought you know for me that was that was something I'd achieved in being able to sort of talk to him and have him, you know, support my work and, and promote my work for me. For another couple of years, I was looking for a new publisher for the World in War Apocalypse trilogy. And by that point, Dave McCaffrey had actually taken over Britain's Next Bestseller. Um, so he oh. was now, him, him and his, him and his wife had, had bought the company. So they now ran it. So I, I, I didn't feel like it was sneaking in the back door kind of, you know, um, using friend support and things like that because I knew that he did he did already think a lot of my writing approach him and I said is there would there be any chance that you'd be interested in taking and have repackaged and we did yeah. he, he he took me in so it came full circle and I was I was at Britain's Next Bestseller it was a really roundabout way but I was almost back where I intended to be right at the beginning and he helped push Acolyte and Sewing Season back out packaged them revamped them gave them a new look they looked fantastic they're still my favorite you know physical um, um versions of the books unfortunately we never got to the point that we could release this the third one and covid and that got in the way and in, in, eventually that is at the point that i made the decision i was going to take my books back because i really didn't know what i was going to do whether i was even gonna keep them out there or anything like that i kind of became a bit disillusioned but he was understanding enough that, that he, he he allowed me to do that um we parted we're still friends today he's still writing and he's again he's one of those people who downplays his talents way too much um he doesn't he doesn't he, he, he said to me that he, he doesn't consider himself a, a, a great writer you know great ideas he's fantastic and uh, gives other authors you know through britain's next bestseller he's 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 given other other authors that i know already he's given them 
another chance to get their books out there. They may have had the same journey as me where they've been out, they've had books out there, they've had degrees of success. You kind of lose faith, you lose, you know, you become really disillusioned, but he gives them that lifeline again and that re rejuvenation to follow their dreams. And I think that's a really commendable thing. On this short list of people who are really important to me that, I, that have helped me some way in my journey, they've absolutely had to be on there. So before we go on, Mr. Chris, we want to shout out our ranking tops in the last 30 days, according to Apple Chart. In Algeria, we are number nine, Mr. Chris. Libya, number 14. Jordan at number 17. Denmark at number 18. Romania at number 44. Cameroon at 52. United Arab Emirates at 109. Canada at 111, Hong Kong at 142, South Africa at 150, Mexico at 159, Georgia at 180, and Uganda at 221. Thank you so much uh, for all those top 13 countries listening to us because this podcast is created again to empower writers all over the world. Don't sell yourself short here, Daniel, as well. You know, I mean, this is this is just a testament to the amount of work you put into this show. And uh, I know you won't say it yourself, but, you know, seeing the the amount of work you put in, the amount of guests you bring on, you know, you you're, you're really are the uh, the driving force behind all this. And your other podcasts as well. I don't know how you do it, mate. I really don't. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, people, I'm inviting you this June. We have a new podcast. I have a new podcast coming with Mr. Mike Lucas, Comedy 101. Comedy 101 is uh, empowered to promote laughter, people. If Book 101 Empower Writers, this uh, new podcast will create to make laughter because laughter is the best medicine. Right, Mr. Chris? Absolutely. Yeah, no, that is fantastic. It's, it's one thing I, I won't even say it's a guilty pleasure, you know, I absolutely love comedy, whether it's films or stand-up comedy and that, you know, everybody, especially, you know, within is that is the most important thing. So, oh, well done, mate. No, that's fantastic. I'll look forward to that one. Yes. And so, Mr. Chris, if you compare Richard Eyre to David McCaffrey, what are uh, the big difference in their writing? Um, oh, wow. I, I don't know how to answer that one, really, because, I mean, you look at Richard and where Richard uh, came from, what he started with, he was very, you know, it's 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 horror. It's very, very British horror, um, which is fantastic. Dave McCaffrey doesn't, he does have, you know, horrific things happen in his books and that, but it's not out and out that he writes. But Richard has shown that he can he can write outside that genre as well. So I think whatever there's actually capabilities for them both to be very, very similar. So that's the glaringly obvious one, I think, is that Richard is, is the, the content that Richard has written where he's gone down that 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 total horror route is is probably not one that I've seen David do so much. But um both styles of writing are very, very similar. I mean they're so immersive, both of them. And the interesting thing here is is, and the, the third um, author that I'll, I'll mention as well before we finish, they all of these three guys live in the same part of the UK. Um, they all live in the northeast around sort of Newcastle and um, Middlesbrough kind of area. 
So I kind of think there must be something up there which <laughs> is bringing this talent out. You know, it's like a hotbed. I mean, I probably need to spend some time up there myself. Um, yes. But yeah, no, I, I think there's definitely more similarities and differences. But I would say, yeah, that, that's probably it, is that David, he delves very, very much into the the, the, the sort of crime Richard does. But also David has, has put out a couple of fiction books based on altogether, although not very pleasant kind of experiences working in the NHS because he is a um, um, he's an infections nurse in the NHS. So during COVID, he he has some some very very harrowing experiences by all accounts, um, but he's bringing that out in his writing as well. So I think you know he's he, he's putting obviously a lot of himself out there in his writing in a very visible way. Um, but but yeah, absolutely check them both out. <laughs> you know, yes. I, I can't say that. So let's talk about uh, your number three author. Yeah. So so this guy, I'll say at the beginning is I have. I haven't seen anything from this guy for quite some time, but I had to put him up there because right at the beginning, again, crucial point of my writing journey, he was there. And we were almost, we were at the same stage, sort of breaking out in this in this in the same genre, having the same struggles. Um, it's a gentleman called Benjamin E. Sawyer. Um, and there's a few authors that I'm still friends with that will recognise and remember Ben. Um he again, a bit like myself, he I, I got to know him because I think he had his book, his debut novel, The Familiar, he had up on Britain's Next Bestseller. Um, again, using the same platform I was for Acolyte at the same time. So so we we again we found each other at that point. I think eventually he did manage to get his his debut, he, he got the familiar out there with Britain's Next Bestseller and followed it up with an, an equally fantastic horror book called Chasm. Um and that was it. I think he, whether he stopped writing or whether he just stopped putting books out there, I haven't seen anything released by him probably for easily about seven or eight years now, sadly. But I wanted to put him in there because he, at the time, I think a couple of years after I got published, I, I was I was sort of having issues of my own with um, other indie publishers and, and sort of I was kind of thinking you know what it would be much nicer if we had more power ourselves as the authors and we could put the books out ourselves so I started that's where I started getting into self-publishing and I had the idea this was just before I created Dead Men's Tales Publishing for myself I had the idea of a few of us almost like a band of brothers really um, coming almost like a collective not a full-blown publisher but a collective where we could we could help create and publish his work. Um, and the idea was is that we we would bounce ideas, we would critique each other's work, we, you know, we'd read it, um, edit it, we'd put it out there, we'd support each other's work. And along with Richard, Ben was was one of the ones that I wanted to have in that. In the, um, it, again, didn't come to be. It was one of those ideas that kind of faded as soon as it was alive, really. But... That's again how much I really connected with Ben, because we shared the same the same visions. We we were writing about the same kind of stuff, not the same stories, but you know the same genre. We had we, I think we were of the same age. We had the same interest. It was fantastic in those early days to have someone like that around you that you can really kind of talk to and um, just 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 to kind of validate that 
you're doing something right, you know, because there's other people out there that appreciate it who really is great work that you that, that you love to read and promote as well. It is such a shame, I think, that we didn't see any more from him. I'm really hoping at some point he'll just come bounce back on the you know onto the uh, onto the scene with a, another fantastic book. But it's like one of those when you look at TV series and movies you pray you know some series are so good that you pray they don't go beyond where they should and they, they don't go on too long maybe he saw that for his work maybe he was like i'm happy with what i've done i probably don't need to push it anymore and i think there's a few of us that probably feel like we should have done that at some point as well but yeah. <laughs> but no yeah ben again he's up there in the northeast of the country and it must be something up there that creates these ideas these that drives real true british horror writing um which fascinates me so ben if you are listening to this you know if anyone out there knows ben you know get in touch <laughs> so it's been a long, long time mate yes mr benjamin we are calling you to be our guest yeah that is absolutely it'd be great it'd be great to talk to him yes let's talk about your book or books for mr richard mr david and mr benjamin which mm. part of your books related uh, are they writing? See, it's that's a hard one because I, I, I wouldn't say there's anything in particular I took from their writings, you know, that, that I put in mind. But you can probably around the time that they were all part of my journey um, was when I was writing between when I was writing the Sony season and. Uh, the book that I worked on after that, which was Black Gang, which was forms part of what is now a necessary end. When I was writing that, that's the time that we were all really, we had this, I was part of this fantastic, rich writers community, which these guys were part of as well. So I think naturally, if you look back at that part of my my work, that would be the one where it's, it's had some kind of direct influence, not necessarily from something I picked up from their work, but just for having them around. Um and I'd say that's probably when writing was the most fun, for when the horror writing, at least, was the most fun for me. And that's probably why once I kind of, the community started disbanding a little bit and you know, everyone was going off and doing their own thing and we probably weren't as close-knit as we once were, I started to lose a little bit of that, you know, feeling like I had my place within the writing world, which then saw me go off in another direction. Um so yeah, I, I would say I say that if we go back to the sewing season, that's that's the time that I was having the most fun. It, it was, I would say because of these guys. So let's do the recap of your apocalypse trilogy, Mr. Chris. Let's do that. Yeah, okay, no, yeah, the Wildermore Apocalypse trilogy. If anyone's interested, um, uh, three three books as it as it suggests. So you've got Acolyte, you've got the sewing season. And you've got Of Gods and Insects, uh, which I, I will keep saying is still not out there at the moment, but it will be, if you please bear with me. Um, it's, it's my take on what could have happened um, in December 2012 when the Mayan prophecy um, predicted that the world would end. And many of us did believe that something cataclysmic was going to happen in the world somewhere to bring about the end of days. Um yeah, this is really my take, my very, very British, my rural British take on it. I base it in a, a moorland community far, far away from 
many other major towns and cities. So it's a community set very much on their own. But the end of my vision of the end of days starts there. So that trilogy is really telling how it came about, why, you know, how it was brought forth by dark events that happened in the late 1600s that reached a, um, a pinnacle in 2012. And that's sort of where the end of the series takes you up to. Um, but yeah, if you like, if you like a apoc dark apocalyptic, there's no zombies in this really, but we're talking about sort of, you know, demons and shadow figures and serial killers and, you know, demonic henchmen from the underworld, um, then these might be the books for you. Yeah, I've got two, two children's books out. So <laughs> the other part of my brain, um, yes. the other part of my world. Um, so I've got um, It's a Long Way to the Moon and It's a Long Night for Santa. They both centre around my character of, uh, it's called The Little Brown Moth. These are rhyming picture books, um, perfect bedtime stories. If you like sort of beautifully um, illustrated rhyming books, you know, bedtime stories, if, if you've got kids who just love looking at picture books and, and trying to, you know, read them for themselves and things like that, and like cute stories, animal stories, then then hopefully you'll like these. And uh, It's a Long Night for Santa, obviously, is a very seasonal one, but um, the time is upon us probably sooner than we realise soon, so that one will be quite topical to talk about again. Finally. Yes, definitely. So let's support Mr. Chris Dutcherblay. Apocalypse trilogy because people it will hunt you with the rest of your life. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Yes. And so, Mr. Chris, mm -hmm. let's do the recap of your three the authors that really influence you the most. Yeah. So, so we start with Richard, uh, the author of um, Minstrel's Bargain, Shadow of the Knife, uh, Point of Contact, and of the uh, friend of the show. You will have heard him. Um, talk about his books and his influences as well on, on the many episodes he's done. If you haven't, go back and listen to them. Um, the second one was David McCaffrey, uh, author of um, Hellbound and um, Warmest Place to Hide. I didn't I didn't mention that one. That's as close as he's got to horror. That's a real kind of you know John Carpenter style horror um, trilogy he had going on there, which was fantastic. Um, he's also the the owner of, of the publisher's Britain's Next Bestseller, who gave me a, a, a bit of a resurgence with the Wildermore Apocalypse trilogy a few years ago. And um, Benjamin E. Sawyer, I, I say his full name because there's some there's other authors out there called Ben Sawyer, so I'd hate for him to get lost in the mix there. But Benjamin E. Sawyer, the author of the horror, the fantastic indie horror novels, The Familiar and Chasm. Which I believe you can still get out there. I think you can still find them in ebook ebook form. Um, so I implore anyone, particularly out of all these three, Ben's work, because I don't think it, it got as widely um, recognised as it really should have done. So um, yeah, go out there and, and, and hunt his down as well. But yeah, Richard, David, Ben, thanks so much. If any of you are listening to this, um, thanks so much for supporting me and just being friends really and, and sort of helping inspire me along the way for so many years i appreciate it yes very well said mr grace so please people support my other podcast uh, food 101 and we are very grateful with chef alessandro because we got already we reached our 1 million downloads 
That is fantastic. That's, I just, oh, that's, what, what a thing to be able to say. That is absolutely fantastic. Yes, thank you so much, people. If you are supporting my Food 101, can you please support also? Book 101 review because this is good for a good cause. We are supporting writers out there to uplift themselves, to generate more books to come. Because if you support them, they will give their best. Well... And I promise I will have something new to come on and talk about at some point. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, Mr. Chris, please invite our listeners to buy all your books. Yeah, hop on Amazon. That's where you can find them all. So wherever you are in the world, you should be able to find my books on Amazon. If you put my name, Chris Tetrop Blay, into the search, there is only one of me, but there are quite a few books on there. Uh, so my World of More Populous trilogy, A Necessary End, I haven't mentioned that. That's probably out of my horror stuff. That's possibly my favorite one um that that was really really fun to write and uh, my children's books so whether you are a horror fan or you know a, a children's book fan or even a horror fan with children hopefully you can enjoy them all yes are you planning to have an anthology soon have a, an anthology oh yeah i um sort of a, a new release you mean Yes, and you realize. Yeah, I, I, I am working on something, and I keep saying this. So I, I've, I've got a, um, I've got a follow up to World of More Apocalypse. Um, whether it's going to be a trilogy or whether it's going to be one standalone book, I haven't quite decided. But I've got that in the works. But I've got a new anthology. So a necessary end is 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 my kind of anthology that I, I refer to. I have, um, I've got some ideas. I've been bouncing around for a sequel to that. And uh, after a, a few days away that my wife and I had last week, I um, I went away to York in the UK. And anyone who's been there knows that it is just a hotbed of history and ghost stories. And it is such, and it, it's, it's, you cannot come away. If you're a writer, you cannot come away from there without some kind of inspiration for new ideas. And that's exactly what's happened to me. So I, I am going to be hopefully working on that. I'm not going to spill any names or, or anything at the moment in case other things get in the way and I end up not doing it yet. Um, but I really, one of those projects I want to have completed this year. So, yeah. Um, what it will be is is it be a, a bit like a necessary end. It will be sort of probably five or six shorter stories involving the Tricker Jack. I will say that. So any fans of the Tricker Jack stories that I've written in the past, for a necessary end, they'll be centered around those. There'll be some new ones of those and a new backstory, a new f chapter in the Tricker Jack and Courtney story. Um, but that's as far as I'm going to describe at the moment, again, in case in case it all goes sideways once more. <laughs> okay, Mr. Chris, thank you for your time. No problem. Thanks again, mate. Anytime. More to come, people. See you soon. Bye.